0: Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Pete Williams. Pete is the author of the new book, Cadence, A Tale of Fast Business Growth. And Pete's won a number of international business awards and has worked in various different industries, largely in Australia, and really offers a ton of insight. We're going to talk today about the biggest challenge facing businesses when it comes to their growth, how you can increase seven key areas by just 10%, to more than double your profit, and a structure and framework around which you can build your business to ensure that you're growing your business and focused on the things that really matter versus the things that don't. There's a ton of actionable content. Here's my episode with Pete Williams. Pete Williams, welcome to the show. Thank you, buddy.
1: Really good to be here.
0: Well, it's nice to have you here. Before we dive in... Share with our audience something surprising about you that they may not know. And you can't include, obviously, you're from New York, given that accent. So it's clearly a New York (laughs)
1: accent, Pete. (laughs) Yes, mate, it absolutely is not. Uh, Something interesting about me. I reckon that I have done character appearances at the NCAA Final Four. Really? unique costume character stuff, yeah.
0: That's a cool thing
1: very different, very left of field. A a business that I'm uh, semi-involved with is uh, a basketball program for children and they have a mascot and I have been their mascot on and off for about 10 years and absolutely love it. That's got to be a blast. That's got to be a blast. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool.
0: So though many people may tap your expertise when it comes to mascots, in this case, um, we're going to tap your expertise when it comes to business growth. And so... When it comes to people who are trying to grow their business, what are the biggest mistakes or challenges that you see people running into?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is that most business owners or the majority of business owners, when they open their doors in the morning, they actually have no plan or framework to grow their business and that it just becomes very – uh, repetitive. They open the door, they they get on the tools, they do the thing they do um, really well, but have no actual blueprint to follow to actually scale and grow their profits. And that, in most circumstances, is the reason for opening the doors in the first place.
0: Yeah. So so what starts to happen? What are some of the symptoms that you'll start to see in a business when they're lacking that plan or blueprint?
1: Oh, good question. I, I think for most people, it's they end up feeling in a rut. They feel like they're just doing the same thing day after day after day, and generally that same thing is the doing of the business. You know, the accountant just spends all their time doing tax returns. The lawyer is just doing actual legal work. The mechanic is just head under the hood working on the engine. They are spending all their time delivering the product or what is getting confused as delivering the product and not actually working on the business.
0: Yeah, and I often refer to that as you're in the treadmill business, meaning they come in every day, they walk on the treadmill, at the end of the day they look, and they've covered no ground, and they start the next day in the (laughs) exact same place. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's like Groundhog Day over and over for them. And so when people, because I'm sure, you know, in in working with different companies, you've seen this. So what do people tend to try to do – to fix that. Now obviously we're gonna talk about what you cover in in Cadence, which by the way I really enjoy the book, um, in terms of a framework and a blueprint for growing a business. But when people don't have that blueprint and now business is stalling and maybe they're struggling, what are the types of things that you see people grasp at that still don't work for them?
1: Mm, I think there's probably two major uh symptoms here and, and one is that they'll go and try and work on their business they'll you know read e-myth and um some of the great books about on versus in when it comes to, to running a business but they still don't have actually a plan so they end up getting really bogged down in tactics because without a strategy or a blueprint all you can really see is tactics and you know, so you spend your time trying to figure out how am I going to use social media in my business, or trying to figure out how to get ten thousand followers without any real objective or reason. Uh, you try and figure out how to use webinars in your marketing, or you, you know, you're going to run different sort of campaigns, and you 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 are working on your business in that sort of theoretical extent so if you're sitting there and going yeah look I'm, i've been playing around with social media for a while or I've uh, tried to get you know a webinar working to drive traffic to my business or something like that but again not getting much traction with it you probably are working on your business but you're working on your business with just tactics not with actual plan of why am I doing this how does this fit into the overall growth strategy for my business and it sounds very woo-woo and it sounds very theoretical and you know something a professor would say but it's actually really important to have that direction in what you actually are trying to do when you are doing the thing that grows your business.
0: Absolutely. In my in my prior business, my COO, a brilliant guy named Bob Procelli, used to always say that it, too often in businesses, people metaphorically, they're thinking about, man, we want to make forward progress. So everyone get in your car. We're going on a road trip, and let's see how fast we can get there. And everyone gets in their car, and they screech out of the the parking lot, and people look at each other and all of a sudden realize that no one knows what their destination is, where they're going, where the traffic patterns are, how they're going to get there, where they're going to get gas. They don't have any plan, but, man, they're driving fast. It just may be in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, and I would say I think it's even a hybrid of that And that people go, yeah, I know I want to head north. Yeah. I know I want to head north. So we're going to get in the car and we're going to head north to – I'll say North Dakota just because you know, being an Aussie, that's about uh, – I lived in Florida for a while, but North Dakota, that's north. <laughs> we're going to head to North Dakota. And you sort of – so you're heading in that vague direction, but heading in a vague direction – it's not going to be the fastest way there. You're probably going to get lost. You're going to hit some dead ends. You're going to have a whole bunch of cliches <laughs> that, yeah. um, you know, you, you might have, you still might have a direction, but you don't have that actual roadmap of okay, this is the smartest way to get there, and then this is how we're going to go. You sort of do just start heading north and hoping that you'll end up in North Dakota, and that's the biggest issue is that you still have a vague idea of where you want to go, and it might be a really clear idea. We want to go to 34 Main Street north dakota but it's not really the destination isn't the issue yep i think you know people spend too much time on goal setting it's like i've got this is my goal i want to have this many clients with this much revenue by this date okay that's great you want to have a goal but what is the actual strategy or framework you're going to use to continually ensure you head towards that direction and that um you know, and it's not spending hours with a mission statement and boring, bland kind of stuff. It can still be very tactical in what you actually do, but just understanding there is a framework of some description giving you that foundation.
0: Absolutely. And I think that for a lot of businesses, to your point, it's uh, I'll get people all the time who say, well, we want to grow to 10 million in sales. And let's say they're at 1 million now. And I'll often say to them, so what's going to get you from 1 million to 1.5? Hmm. And they go, Yeah. Well, no, I mean we want to grow to ten million. Great. So how are you going to get to one and a half? Because I'm going to let you a little secret. You're at one right now. If you don't have a plan to get to one and a half, you're never getting to ten. <laughs> so you need to have a strategy step by step. And okay, so your plan is to att- is to attack these market segments, and here's what you want to go after. So what happens if you don't have success in that one market? Then what will you do? And yeah. they're like, oh man. It's like, no, no. It just it's, it's similar to – so if I'm driving to North Dakota and I'm on this certain road and all of a sudden there's a major accident on that road, if I still want to get to North Dakota, how do I get there? And so mm-hmm. it's planning out the the route and the steps and – You know, where are you going to sleep and where are you going to stay and all those things to get there? So we know that if people don't have a plan, they end up where they're in that treadmill type business. They're having Groundhog Day. It often gets frustrating for them. They feel like they're living the same day over and over again. So talk us through some of the principles that you share in Cadence. And by the way, I love the fact that similar to a couple of my other favorite books, uh, Bob Bergen and and David Mann's The Go-Giver being the one that pops to mind most is, I love that it's a story or a parable that people can relate to, and it's not just a whole bunch of um, jargon. So, <laughs> you know, talk talk us through some of the principles that you share in the book that can help people get better focused on how to grow their business with a real strategy or plan.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, well um, I'm glad you made that point because the book did start out with a lot of jargon. It started out as a traditional business book, and I, I found that I was just padding. I was just sort of putting stuff in there to sort of make it feel like a, a big book. And I went, that's not needed. So yeah, we pivoted the book um, and yeah, rewrote it as a, a parable in this story. And it's uh it's been really well received, which is awesome. It's won some awards and appreciate your feedback.
0: And by the way, there's books where I'll tell somebody, Hey, um, Hey, there's a lot of great content in here, but if I don't really enjoy it, I'm not going to say I enjoy it. As I was reading here, I'm like, you know what, this is like an enjoyable read. Like, I don't want to put this thing down and, as someone who is not necessarily a voracious reader i 've probably written more than i 've read in my life, which is ironic. Um, I really enjoy it but but enough about you know about praising the book so let 's talk about some of the principles
1: <laughs> books fundamentally about this framework uh, called Ten Percent Wins and the idea is very, very simple it 's not sort of too esoteric, too crazy in that in every business, no matter what your industry, no matter what you, your product. There are seven things that drive profit, and as annoying as seven is, you know, seven, everything's seven—seven seven habits, seven dwarf, seven everything. There just mathematically seven things that drive profit in any business. And the really cool thing with this framework is that if you increase each of those seven elements by just ten percent, you get a ten percent win in each of these seven areas. The cumulative compounding effect is that the bottom line profit of your business doubles. So the idea is to use this framework in a sequential manner, in a cyclic manner, where when you are working on your business, you say, okay, this week or this month, I'm working on this lever of my business, and my goal is to just get a 10% win. I'm not trying to triple my traffic to my business. I'm not trying to double my conversion rates. I'm not trying to get a 2x or a 10x or anything like that, because they are hard to come by you know, hitting something out of the park is very, very different to try and get on base every time. And if you're just getting on base, a 10% win every time you're trying to work on your business, you'll actually get massive momentum and massive compounding results, which actually means you can continue to double your business and get that exponential growth that way.
0: Got it. Got it. And so I guarantee the audience right now is saying, so there's seven areas. What are they? (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) and right now they're like, there's a guy pulled over on the side of the road, he's got his pad out, he's ready Uh to write down these areas, and he's perplexed. He's thinking to himself, man, what are some of these seven areas?
1: Well, look, again, it's not rocket science here. It's, well, if you actually took the time, this is how we kind of stumbled across it in our business. We sat down one day and went, okay, it's all about profit. It's not even about revenue or customer numbers for us. It's about profit. That's what we as business owners get to take home and use to feed our family. So what is it that actually drives that profit? And we just work backwards. And essentially, these seven things, really quite simple. It's your suspects. How many people are calling your business, walking into your retail store, just understanding who you are? Then the next step is something definitely a lot of people don't differentiate. This is your prospects. These are the people who have actually walked into your store, called your business, and then put their hand up to say, yeah, I am actually interested in taking the next step towards being a customer. I'm not a customer yet, but I'm taking the next step towards being a customer. I'm coming in for a free consultation. I'm getting a quote. I'm trying on the dress in the clothing store's change rooms. I'm actually taking a step closer to being a customer. Yep. The third lever is conversions. These are people who actually purchase. You've then got your average item price. What is it that the… Average person pays for the products in your store. Number five, items per sale. How many things do they put in their shopping cart, in their shopping bag, in their trolley as they walk out of your store or order from you? Number six, transactions per customer. How often do they come back and buy from you again? And then number seven is your margins, what you actually get to keep at the end of the day in your pocket. Now, I think a lot of people hear these seven things and go, yeah, pretty obvious. I've heard this sort of similar thing before, whoop de doo and almost tune out. Now, if that's you, I would say, have you taken the next step in your thought process with this? Have you actually thought, okay, hang on, if I just work through these seven areas to get seven very easy 10% wins, your profit will actually double. Yeah. You'll have twice as much profit in your pocket from something that is – Fundamental and simple, but you know, trying to get a ten percent increase in your in your traffic, your suspects, people coming to your website, walking into your store, seeing your advertisement, like a ten percent increase is not that hard. It's actually relatively easy and achievable. Sure. Uh, which is the, the key here. It's all achievable wins that you can keep compounding on top of. You know, getting a conversion rate from, you know, thirty percent of the people who get your proposals or your quotes to thirty three percent. increase, not hard to do when you isolate it in this manner. And it's the isolation during your on-business focus time that is the the secret source here or the key to this. It's not the framework itself. It's the actual how do you apply it regularly in your business.
0: The top-performing salespeople and leaders you're looking to hire for your team aren't looking for a job right now. They are totally content crushing their numbers for somebody else. The folks at Peak Sales Recruiting will identify those amazing candidates and help them understand why they'd be happier working for you than for somebody else. Visit com slash Ian to learn more. I want to draw a distinction and make sure that for the B2B audience that they get this also, mm-hmm. which is – so when you talk about number of items per sale – yep. Okay. it's something that obviously in a B two C space people can understand because you say, "Yeah, okay, gee, if you're a bike shop, it means that look, if the average person is buying three items, um, I want to make it so th- so on average they're doing three point three items." Perfect. But how does that translate to let's say a B two B space? If you're a financial services company, if you're a an IT company,
1: yeah. Look, let's let's talk IT and telco. Like my core. Group of companies here in Australia is B2B telco. Yep. So if we look at IT or telco, so you know an example is okay items they buy the phone system, but they also buy um, extra handsets or they buy headsets or they buy a conference phone, uh, or they buy video conferencing. It's what's the full extra suite of products we can sell them. They're buying a phone system. But we're also going to sell them data services. Uh, in an IT scenario, it's you know they're buying you know their normal MPS they manage or MSP managed service provider software, but they're also p- paying for firewalls. They're paying for spam protection. They're fail- paying for additional items. If you're um, a financial services company, as in we're saying an accountant, is that the kind of sure. example there? Sure. Yeah. So if you're an accountant, you've got the you're doing your average you know on a tax return for the company. Well, how do you get them to also purchase, um, let's say, insurance? You know, I know um, a number of accounting firms who are now getting really creative with this and they're saying, okay, I'm going to do your tax return for you. But if you also buy this extra item, which is audit insurance, if you get audited by the government, all the labor for us to actually support that audit and deal with the tax office on your behalf is covered for free. So you're essentially selling air to the customer. You're only going to get less than 10% of your customers getting ordered every year if you are a legitimate, decent yep. accountant. But that's a great way to really easily add additional items per sale.
0: You might even make that 10% of your fee.
1: <laughs> well, exactly right. That's it. You, you you add on a good chunk of coin for that and that is an additional item that people are purchasing when they're purchasing their the yep. normal tax return.
0: The reason I wanted you to to cover that is because my sense is there's somebody listening who was saying, well, yeah, that's fine in terms of items per cart, but, but we don't really have that. And what I wanted people to realize is, look, even if you're selling professional services, it might be that, look, for this client right now, we're handling these two projects for them. But if for every five clients we got a third project in a related area, guess what? We just moved the needle by
1: 10%. Massive shift. Yeah, and this is the thing. I think the the thing I would encourage you know, the listeners to do is – Sit down and grab a piece of paper for 15 minutes and just note out these seven areas and go, what is it that my customers go through? What's the journey my customers go through that sort of fall into each of these areas? You know, okay, suspects, they come to our website for our accounting practice, as an example. They're the suspects. That's how people find us in the first place. Now, what's the step they actually take prior to actually being a customer? Because I think a lot of businesses, particularly the service businesses and the B2B stuff, they think of everybody... Before they become a customer in a single bucket of leads, but really there's two distinct groups in that bucket there's the people who just kind of stumble across you and find out about you, and then there's the people who take that next step and put their hand up and say, "Yep, I'm ready to be sold to you know in our business in the telco business, it's people who come to our website and, and see our marketing is our suspects, and then who either a gets a quote. Or B, gets a site inspection. We'll send our technicians to site to actually, you know, audit, using that word a bit ironically, um, yeah. the customer's offices to make sure we can quote or, or provide them the best phone system service. Yeah. So that's our prospects. We're, so we have two distinct conversations and two, two distinct sales We need to make to everybody. Firstly, we need to convince them that we're the right company to spend time with and get a quote from. Uh, And when I say spend time with, it's, you know, tell us about their their problems and what they need and their requirements so we can quote properly. And then it's once they get the quote, it's convincing the people that have gotten three quotes from different providers that we're the one to actually convert with and deal with. So there's actually two sales you're making you're making a sale to your prospects, and then you're making a sale to your customers. And sure. I think that differentiation is not made enough from business owners. They treat everybody before customer as the one bucket called leads, and it's just not the actual real journey your customers go through to get involved with you. In every business, there is that distinction where they take that little step, that micro commitment before coming a customer.
0: One of the things that I often point to, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, is in that suspects area, it's very easy for someone to say, oh, we're going to increase the number of quote leads, you know, suspects mm-hmm. or, or unqualified leads, if you will. So the notion of, well, gee, if I increase my number of suspects, I'm obviously going to increase the number of prospects isn't necessarily true if you're not attracting the right people. So, yeah, you know, using, using the, the triathlon and the cycling metaphor in your book. Um, If you don't have people who are of a fitness mindset, just increasing the number of of suspects isn't going to help you if they're not in the right mindset and the right place in their lives for your business. And so one of the things that that we often speak a fair amount about in my business is this notion of tuning into the problems that you solve for your clients. Mm -hmm. So. If for those suspects, you think to yourself, well, my ideal suspect isn't just a company with so much revenue. My ideal prospect or suspect is somebody who is actually experiencing one of these five problems, and they happen yeah. to be in this type of business. Because if you're having one of those problems, you'll probably want to speak with me. And if you're not having one of those problems, then you know, you're know you just somewhere, someone on the list who's never going to do business with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I absolutely echo what you're saying and believe in that 100% is that you know when people ask, okay, how do I get more suspects? The response I'd only give is echoing you is that, okay, what problem do you solve first? Second, when people are aware they have that problem that needs to be solved, where do they go to find the solution? And then just stand there. You know, that's the easiest way to get more suspects into your business is figure out and just answer that question. What problem do you solve? And then when people are proactively trying to solve that problem, where do they look for the solution?
0: I don't know if you run this in your business, but there's an interesting dynamic, which is the top performing companies. When I ask them, what problems do you solve for your clients? Right away, they know. They're like, ah, here are the problems we solve. And the businesses that struggle – When you ask them what problems do you solve, they respond by describing what they do, not Mm -hmm. by describing what problems they solve. I don't know if you see the same thing.
1: Absolutely, I do think that a lot of people get way too esoteric with the answers, though. You know, oh, like you know, you don't sell accounting; you sell financial security or you know, comfort to your clients. And I actually think that's a little bit. To BS in that, you know, for our business, you know, the core business, the phone system business, the problem we solve is people need a phone system. We sell them a phone system. Yep. You know, we could sit there and go, we help businesses communicate clearly and productively with leading edge technology. No, we don't. We sell phone systems.
0: <laughs> but by the way, your your ideal customer is probably someone who describes their problem and says. Look, I'm sick and tired of us spending a fortune on marketing to get people to call in, and then the calls don't get routed properly. We don't have a way to track the activity. And as a result, we're spending all this money to attract people, and money's falling on the floor because our phone system can't handle the inbound calls and route them appropriately. Sure. Like that's someone who you go, ah, these people are going to spend money on a phone system and a solution because they realize it's costing them money by not having it. At the most basic level, yeah, they want dial tone, but yeah. <laughs> but but guess what? The person just wants dial tone. Probably wants the cheapest dial tone. It's the person who realizes, wow, if I don't get this right, it costs me money. Those people are usually willing to spend some serious money.
1: Fair distinction, absolutely.
0: So, what's the you know th- this idea of this blueprint? So. How long do you think someone really needs to spend to flesh these out and come up with a strategy that can that can move the needle for their business?
1: Yeah, well, it's an interesting one. You know, in the book, we kind of the story takes the the journey where um, this retail boxer store owner uh, goes through this process called the six C's, which sort of is the process we suggest people go through in their implementing and working this framework. But this the funny thing is, you know, for so many businesses that I see who have applied this um, and kind of got behind the movement in that you actually get massive results just by clarifying and capturing, which are the first two C's, what it is you're currently doing. In that when you clarify, what are these seven levers for my business? What are these things for me? That's an easy part. But once you start actually trying to capture what it is you're currently doing, so many businesses, and it continuously blows my mind. Find leaky buckets. You know, an example for us is, you know, we um, do massive amounts of AdWords here in Australia. It's a massive lead generator for us. Yeah. And this is a quite a few years ago now, but we paused um, a big chunk of our AdWords campaign over a um, a holiday weekend, a long weekend. Um, because we didn't want to pay for ads, you know, for, for that particular time. And then we forgot to turn it back on.
0: <laughs>
1: and so and it wasn't until we actually, you know, were cycling back through and, and reviewing our suspects uh, the next sort of time around. We went, hang on, what's going on here? And we realized that this was actually had been off for a while. So we turned it back on and got an instant 10% boost. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many businesses who think their staff are asking, would you like fries with that? You know, because it's part of the company policy. Yep. But when they actually stop and actually measure that and look at it and check what are the items per sales, you know, function that's running in our business right now, we realize that, oh, people aren't asking that. Or, you know, you may have written an autoresponder email sequence that actually is designed to get customers to come back and purchase from you again. Maybe, you know, an accounting firm and you have set up this autoresponder that runs and sends reminder emails to people and all that sort of stuff, which is beautiful. But it got paused by mistake when the intern clicked the wrong button. And if you're not – and so by taking just the very first step, which you can just do very easily, so many times people find 10% wins in each of these seven areas just because they they actually just plugged the gaps they thought weren't actually there in the first place. So you actually get a massive result very easily that way. Second thing is that often there's low-hanging fruit when you run through it proactively for the first time. The Times of London, the newspaper, they had a 10% boost in their conversion rate by simply adding trust logos on their checkout form. Hmm. You know, that took less than an hour, and yeah. they got a 10% boost. Uh, you know The accountant can sit down and go, okay, someone comes in and does work for it with us. What is the sequence of events we want to remind them about to get them to come back and buy from us again? Spend an afternoon, two and a half hours, writing five emails. Put them in an autoresponder sequence that when you get a new customer, you put them in this this email sequence and the marketing to increase your transactions per customer happens automatically. Super easy. Spend a day and review. How do you quote? Are you just putting, you know, text in an email body? That's how you quote for your your services. Go somewhere like proposify.com. Spend three hours and create a nice-looking proposal that you can send it every time. That takes three hours, and there is so much evidence that a nicer proposal increases conversions by more than 10%. So that's a 10% win in three hours. Like If you actually take a step back and look at this and go, every time I'm trying to work on my business, all I'm trying to do is get a 10% win, you isolate these things, and it's not hard to do. It's very easy to actually isolate each of these things. I'm trying to get more prospects. Well, I'm a... Legal firm and my call to and I want to get people to phone me. Look at your website. Is your phone number clearly on every single page of your website or is it hidden on your contact form? Yeah. Like stuff like that is like very, very easy to get wins. And as you cycle through, you continually get motivation and momentum and you find other ways to do this. And it's very, very simple. So it's probably a long winded answer to a very short question but it's a very powerful thing to really get clear on i think
0: no you know what it's it's great stuff and it's actionable and it's things that people can actually use so i know that you've got a um a little special something for our audience um who uh who who takes a bite and uh into cadence so why don't you share yeah. that
1: yeah well, we're trying to do something different you know i'm um, I'm an avid reader, um, an audiobook listener as well, and I think podcast listeners prefer audio. It kind of tends to be the medium. And what I find is, like, I hate waiting for a postman. You know, Cadence isn't out until August 2018, so it's a little bit away. Uh, and you know, you do the, the, the promotional rounds like this, and you please people go and buy the book and just wait by the letterbox until the postman comes in. You know, <laughs> two months, and like it just doesn't work. It's not a marketing tactic. It doesn't work. It's not really inviting. So we're testing something which is um, really different is that we've done a deal with the publisher to say if anybody pre-orders the book Cadence, we will actually give you access to the audio book today. So you don't have to actually wait to hear the story to learn the lessons and get those 10% wins for yourself. It's something that I haven't seen done before and it's um, really exciting. So if people head over to cadencebook.com forward slash Ian, so, cadencebook.com forward slash Ian. There's more info on the book there. You can order um, your hardcover copy of the book, and within a couple of minutes, our systems will send you a download link where you can download uh, and listen to the audiobook straight away. Uh, so that means no waiting for the postie. When the book does arrive, you can go through it and write notes and use it as more of a journal, uh, or you can pass it on to a friend. But you know, if you're a podcast listener, you're probably going to want the audio version anyway, and this is the uh, the best and quickest way to get it.
0: That's you know, that's fantastic. We'll include that in the show notes. What's the best way for people to learn more about you and connect with you
1: online? Yeah, ooh, good question. So cadencebook.com is a good place to start. Uh, Preneur Marketing – Um, Preneur is an entrepreneur. So preneurmarketing.com is the blog uh, or I'm sort of at Preneur on Twitter and Instagram and those sort of places.
0: Fantastic. Well, Pete, thanks so much. Like I said, really enjoyed the book. Great actionable insight here. And uh, thanks for sharing your wisdom with us.
1: I appreciate it, mate. Happy to be here.
0: Hey, there's a ton of great content that Pete shared. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information I think you can use and apply to your business right away. First, when you don't have a plan or a blueprint, you fall into that trap of treadmill business planning, which means you come in every day and you feel like you've worked a lot, but you haven't made any progress or moved anywhere. And that's when you focus on working in the business and on the business. Remember, if all you do is increase seven key areas by 10%, you can actually double your profit. And so Pete talks about this idea of focusing on 10% increase in suspects prospects, conversions, average item price, items per sale, transaction per client, and margins. Pete also shared this idea that if you go to cadencebook.com slash Ian, you can pre-order the book and get the audiobook right away. Remember, this show gets the direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you think I should cover or a guest I should have on the program, just drop me a note to Ian at IanAltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.